It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Obviously, I have a lot of energy and and emotion that went into the game and then losing that game and then uh, staying the night here, not knowing I was going to stay the night and interview for a head coaching job. But uh, you take everything in stride and you do the best that you can. And uh, I'll say that it was a fun 48 hours. I'll say that uh, because I enjoyed myself. Liar! Well, he certainly lied about that. Welcome back. <laughs> it is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all your phone calls and, of course, use clues in a few minutes. But joining us right now is Elliot Shore Parks to talk about all things Eagles, the draft last night. But we can start with the Gannon thing. And I heard you a little bit earlier today, Elliot, with uh, DeCamera and Richie talking about this. And uh, I'm, I am with you that I don't think this impacted the Super Bowl. But what, just what, what was your take when you saw this and then the draft pick compensation? Like, I'm surprised this didn't come out or leak out until it was settled. That surprised me. Man, you just – you like to think that people would never lie at a press conference, right? <laughs> when, when it comes down to it, I think the biggest takeaway is a head coach said something not true at the podium. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. You can see why people would be very worked up about that. It, it is a bizarre look, though. Like, this whole thing is weird. Like, it, it's – I'm guessing the Eagles basically forced them to tell on themselves, like – like, because it, it said this, the Cardinals self-reported this. Well, why? I mean, they were, they knew they were going to get hit anyway. Right. So, I, to me, this is kind of like the P.J. Tucker tamper, tampering thing, right? Mm. Every team in every sport tampers. Like, everybody knows. Agents know who's the, – the Combine is probably the biggest tampering event in pro sports. Like, all agents are there. The GMs are there. Everything's figuring every, everybody, everybody out. What are you going to do? Who's going to be available? I am sure Gannon knew well in advance, and his agent, if he was doing his job, knew well in advance – that he was going to be the Cardinals head coach, or at least has a very good chance of it, right? We all thought that, but in the fact that the Colts and Cardinals were the only two teams that didn't have a head coach until after the Super Bowl. right? So ultimately, like with the P.J. Tucker thing, I think the biggest takeaway is how could the Cardinals be so sloppy about this? But they're the Cardinals. They're a poorly run organization. I do not think Gannon is going to be a success there because I think it's a terrible situation. But ultimately, my takeaway from the Gannon thing is Nothing. We all knew he was going to get a head coach job. People do this all the time leading up to the Super Bowl. 
if people like Jonathan Gannon, nobody would care about this. But since people don't like Jonathan Gannon, it's another chance to just be mad at him. And I'm happy fans got one more chance to do that. I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I, but I, it, to me, the timing of everything was kind of like, you know, I owed you, I owe you one, so I'm going to give it back to you in this way. It was kind of, to me, it was like, like, honestly, it was like a throwaway type deal. You know, like, hey, I screwed up. Yeah. And I'm, this is the way that I'm going to compensate it, and we're going to talk about it on the air. That's it's a phenomenal, it it's a phenomenal situation for the Eagles. They, they moved up, what, 30 picks for a coach they already lost? That is pretty amazing. Like, remove the Gannon part of it. They were basically just gifted 30 draft spots for nothing. Yeah, I I will say at some point the NFL might have to re- change how they do this coaching stuff. Like, because it is natural. Like, all right, so he talked to the Cardinals when he wasn't supposed to, right? He mm. knew an interview was coming. He knew something was going to happen after the Super Bowl. Naturally, he had to spend time during those two weeks before the Super Bowl thinking about the Cardinals interview. This I mean, happens that's just all the time. Let yes, me tell you. Yes. This, but, the, but there's rules in place for when they're allowed to actually talk and prepare for those interviews. Not, no, no, no. I don't think there's rules where they can prepare. No, no, but they, they try to make sure during the Super Bowl time that's not going on. Right. Like, like he, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he spent time in that two weeks getting ready for his interview. I would have. I'm sure like, Shane Steichen did too. This happens all the time. And I got this from a credible source way back in the day. Andy Reid was not the first coach that the Eagles chose to coach the Eagles. He was the second. In 99. Because, uh, yeah. 99, because Jim Haslett was the first. Mm-hmm. And I got this from a credible source. And, and the reason why Jim Haslett didn't take the job is because somebody, I'm not going to say any names, but somebody kept calling him, asking him questions while they were on a, in a playoff run. And he was like, dude, why are you, why are you calling me? Oh, the like, Saints were in the playoffs. No, no, he was, I think he was with the Steelers. Okay. Hasslett, he was with the Steelers right. at the time. He was with the Steelers, yeah. And he was like, dude, they were in the playoff run. He was like, dude, you can't, you can't be calling me. You can't be calling my phone. So he, he declined the job, and that's how Andy Reid got the job. Wow. Yeah, and, and again, this idea of, well, he's using time for things that are not Super Bowl related. I am sure 80% of his hours when he was awake between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl were spent on the Super Bowl, right? Nick Sirianni said it. At the end of the day, there are other hours in the day. Other coaches, two different things. So I think the core of this is just people don't like Jonathan Gannon. Of course. And then that's the reaction to it. That is true. All right, Elliot joining us here. Let's react to what happened last night, Elliot. We were, we were up there uh, doing the draft show last night. But now that you've had, I don't know, 12 hours to kind of yeah. marinate on it, um, what, what do you feel on what, what they pulled off last night? Jalen Carter at 9, Nolan Smith at 30. I think the best compliment that I can give the draft to me to me is – those were the picks I would have made. Like, so many times we come off of a draft and we go here and go, well, I would have taken Justin Jefferson. Or I understand why they traded back, but I wouldn't have done it. When the clock was going at number nine and when, it was on, when they were on the clock at 30, these are the two things I would have done. Now, I am at my heart an offensive side of the ball minded guy, are. right? I love offense. It's how you win. I thought I would have taken Bijan, right? But if you said to me, you're going to get any three players in the de- uh, any three defensive players you want in this draft. Two of them would have been Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. I think on the field, they have the chance to be elite players. I think Jalen Carter, I'm sure we'll get into him, has a ton of elite qualities. I think we're in some ways overlooking the Nolan Smith pick. I think Nolan Smith, of all the guys they've drafted from, from Georgia, I might believe in him the most of all four. I think he is an elite pass rusher. His rush numbers stack right up with every with all the elite edge rushers that have come out. And physically, he's the same size as Hassan Reddick. He's basically the same size as Micah Parsons. I think the concern about his size is a definition of a draft season overboard thing. I think he can come in here, learn from Hassan Reddick, you know, slowly come along. But eventually, I think he could be an elite edge rusher. And to get that at 30, I, I think it was a great pick. 
Elliot, do you wonder or worry that because these Georgia kids, right? There's been a bunch of them that I mean, almost all of them are here, but a lot of them have drafted the last couple of years. There was Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, mm-hmm. Quay Walker to the Packers. I think Lewis Seen was a safety last year that went to the Vikings. None of them yet have been great in the NFL. I, I I thought about this. Like, are they all just B plus guys that together, when there's eleven B plus players, they look like the A plus defense? Have you wondered, like, are they that great individually? Yeah, I think that's definitely a fair concern, right? Uh, now, at this rate, they'll have them all together anyway, <laughs> so they can so, have an A defense. Yeah, so they'll all they'll all be together. But no, I mean, you know, we did this with Nicobe Dean, right? When when Nicobe Dean fell to the third round, the next day we came in and said, I cannot believe they got a top fifteen pick in the third round. And what happened to Kobe didn't play. So ultimately, I, I think that being at Georgia inflates the perception of these guys in some ways. But Jordan Davis was a flawed prospect. Nicobe Dean was an undersized linebacker. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith check boxes that regardless of where they went to schools, you would be excited about. Jalen Carter gets to the quarterback. Jalen Carter is super strong and also fast. He has pass rush moves. Nolan Smith, uh, again, the pass rush win rate, getting after the quarterback is all there. So I agree with you overall that, you know, Georgia players have probably not been as good in the NFL as people would think. I just think physically Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, regardless of where they went to schools, check boxes that you want at those picks. I look at them like this, man. I think that there is something to be said about um, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis playing on the same defense. Again, we, we, and I said this to you last night, I don't think he played bad, but for where you wanted him to be and where you picked him at, your your thought about being a pass rusher, that was definitely valid. Mm-hmm. But I look at it like this. You put Nolan Smith on one end and you have Hassan Reddick on the other. Hell, if I had that body type, I could push the pocket and get a couple sacks. So yep. I, I think that they're going to start to pay dividends. Jordan Davis just needs to stay healthy. He just needs to stay healthy and, and puts him, put himself in a situation where athletically he can go – and, and, and be productive in the plays that they give him, whether that's 30 snaps a game or whatever it is. Yeah, and look, Jordan Davis has the physical traits to do it. He's just never shown he can rush the passer. So so in that way, th- that's my concern. And that's why I think with, with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, we talked about defense so much leading up to the draft. Should they lean defense? Should they lean offense? Should they go cornerback, right? Like, you know, Luke Van Ness, all these guys. The reason I think these are great picks is because while they're not offensive players, they will impact the opposing quarterback. And that is they're the number one factor on defense, right? Jalen Carter will collapse the pocket up the middle. Nolan Smith will get around the edge and move the quarterback. So if you look at what they lost, they lost Javon Hargrave. I think Jalen Carter can be Javon Hargrave, like no question about it. And Nolan Smith, I think, can be better than their fourth edge rusher last year right away. And then maybe even, you know, you would hope at this point, better than Brandon Graham at this point of Brandon Graham's career. So if you're not going to get someone that's going to help you score points, get somebody that in that Super Bowl, you know, field issue aside – they did not get to the quarterback. So, ultimately, I think these two helped them in that way. All right, let's talk about tonight. So, two picks now, and they're pretty close to each other. You look at their picks for tonight. Um, they will have number 30 of the, of the, of the, the 60, right? Yeah, they have the 31st pick in the second round, right? right? And then the third pick in the third round. So, they have two picks really close to each other. Uh, what, what do you think they should – like, when you think about tonight, what do they need? What should they go get? So I do think tonight is a good night for the secondary. If you look at who's fallen, now you would assume Brian Branch doesn't fall as far, but uh, Jamie Robinson out of Florida State, I really like. Um, Joey Porter Jr., again, probably not going to fall. But I think this is a good night, if you're going to make the picks, right, to, to go out and address the secondary. But if I was sitting in the GM room tonight, I am calling the Chargers about Austin Eckler. I am calling the Vikings about Dalvin Cook. I, you know, Derrick Henry has been rumored. 
DeAndre this, Swift. DeAndre Swift. Detroit. Detroit. Now, DeAndre Swift has the same concerns of staying healthy, right, that, that, that Penny does. But at the end of the day, this team needs a running back. And I think with, with Gibbs gone, who, you know, 12 was pretty crazy for him. I like him a lot, but that was, that was early. Um, with, with the two elite running backs in this class gone, they need to find someone that week one, snap one, they can feel confident that he will be running back one for them because they don't have that right now. And all those Miles Sanders touches are gone. So this draft is not a strong draft. You saw that in the unpredictability of last night. But ultimately, it's even worse as you keep going. So I would use these picks if I were the Eagles to try to go acquire players that can help this team now. What do you think of Swift, Hugh? I mean, he he fits for a couple of reasons. One, he's in the last year of his contract, so he's cheap, right? He was a second-round pick in the last mm-hmm. year of his contract. And he's another Georgia Bulldog. He was there with some of these guys. Oh, I forgot yeah, about he was. that. Yeah, I forgot like, he was a Georgia I remember he was a Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. Maybe, maybe I'm out on that then. <laughs> Too many? I mean, at a certain <laughs> point. We've reached the tipping point. I mean, Hugh, hey. Hugh, you can speak to this, but I don't know. At a certain point from a locker room perspective, do you want – you know, all I know is I can wear my Georgia Bulldog gear here now. I ain't got to yeah, throw away all point. my stuff. Yeah. I can wear all my Georgia. They all Bulldog followed stuff you here. from uh, from Atlanta. But I like I liked him when he was at Georgia. Now the injury thing is somewhat of a concern. But you know what's weird? It, it, sometimes a change of scenery, for whatever reason, helps out. I think the fact that he's from here, his dad's from here, his dad has a gym here. Mm-hmm. I think that might go well for him 100%. to be home and, and have some home cooking, and not only that, have a bunch of guys on the team that you're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, to, to have, what, five to six players on one roster that you are intimately familiar with, that's kind of unheard of in the NFL. It is. So I was thinking about this, too. And at the end of the day, I think it's a good thing that Jalen Carter knows players coming on the team, that N'Kobe knows these guys. But I also wonder if it allows them to keep up with habits that maybe they wouldn't if they went somewhere with a completely fresh start, right? So, you know, let's say the three of us, you know, moved over to wherever at a new radio station. It would be beneficial that I know you two and we would be able to adjust together, but also make it easier to do the same things we always did. As opposed to if Jalen Carter went to wherever, you know, he's going in a whole new situation. He doesn't know people and he has to conform a little bit more. So ultimately, I think it's good that these players know each other. I think Jalen Carter is set up. If he could pick anywhere to go, the Eagles were the place to go for him. He needed the Eagles as much as the Eagles needed him. But I do have some concerns about the fact that all these four players play together, they have their own habits, and I'll just be curious to see how it plays out. Well, it's different. I mean, it's just, it's different. And, and are they listening to the leaders or are they just like listening to each other? That's what I'm saying. Or, or and they I, had success doing it their way. Obviously, they won a lot at right. Georgia. Exactly, 100%. And also, you know, and we're probably overthinking this, but just doing the devil, devil's advocate thing, I don't know, how do other players feel about the fact that there's this new Georgia, you know, the group of players that all know each other. So it'll be interesting. But but I do think Sirianni deserves the benefit of the doubt, and Howie, for sure, in terms of building a culture, bringing the right guys in the building, knowing what they think will work. And at the end of the day, those off-the-field concerns, they are what they are. They got two amazing football players last night. And I, I really think of all the guys they could have gotten if they weren't going to go offense – these were the guys you wanted on defense. They got really good players. There's no doubt. All right, before we, uh, we let you go, L.A., we want to play this for you. I don't know if you saw this last night. So this was, uh, I think the name of the podcast, Talking Giants. It's a podcast. Yep. Yeah. And they were talking about, they were like doing like a live stream, talking about the Eagles pick and reacting. But then, just listen to this, because you came up in their live stream. Here it was last night on the Talking Giants podcast. This is literally my worst nightmare. No. This is the one no, thing I no, didn't want to happen don't. today. I was, like, worried that they would get, like, Kalijah Cansey or Brian Branch. And lo and behold, they're getting, like, arguably the best f- 
player in this draft. <laughs> I don't know if you want to throw that baseball. EDP? Like I respect you wanting to huh? throw the baseball. EDP, it's not yeah. a great way to throw EDP, it. ESP, all those. <laughs> I don't know who ESP is. He's uh, he's there uh, that um that beat reporter who said he can luck into hitting a home run. Julian, oh Elliot Short Park. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like the, like the kids say, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. Well, then so I'm you're really popping, popping I'll tell you, you that. Pop, yeah, yeah, you're with the two most popping people in the city. <laughs> if, uh, but um, it's just so funny. Giants fans are so mad at me because I just said Daniel Jones isn't a good quarterback. They got mad about that. They got mad about the fact that I said it's embarrassing. They franchise-tagged a running back. So I mean, you're speaking a lot of truth, and they don't want yeah, to hear it. Yeah, they don't True hurts, man. Well, this is also last year leading up to the playoffs. The, the whole was the whole, well, the Giants are playing well. Maybe they'll beat the Eagles. Nah. And I was like, no, they're just nah. going to smack yeah, them around. And that's exactly yeah. what happened. But, no, I'm happy my home run tweet was once again getting some uh, some play. One day that, that will be in your obituary. He, oh, yeah. he said he could hit a home run. Well, I've always been known as a baseball guy. So the That's fact it. that I have a, a you know a baseball term that is now used everywhere. It's a, you know what? It's I didn't a, I didn't have I did not have a problem with your confidence, but I did have a problem. Like not a problem, but I I had a little bit of pushback. Okay. On the fact that you said you could score a touchdown. Now, yeah. Elliot, I, I love you to death and I and I <laughs> your shoe game is, is immaculate. Appreciate that. Dog, you ain't scoring no touchdown, dog. That, that, well, you're, you're not fast enough. You're well, like, how, like, how many chances am I getting? You're right. If I get one chance, I might not. Okay. But, okay, but I'm getting the support of the players around me, right? Let's use the Eagles. Okay. The Eagles have a great run blocking deep yeah. offensive line. Everyone says uh, Jalen Hurts make it, makes it easier for the running back, right? I, I do say that a lot. Yeah. I think, I think I, contact. I do, sometimes I say anyone could run behind their line. Exactly what he this is But anyone. you know what, though? I think, I think contact, I'm only giving you one because I think after you get hit, you probably not gonna want to do that. That again. might be fair. And yeah. and the fact that it, it's funny because I, I had this moment as well when I when I retired. I remember one time I walked out there on the field and I watched them warming up. Now this is the warm ups, and I was like, "Damn, I can't believe they're moving that." I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't uh, imagine how fast they were moving until I saw it again. And I'm like, yeah. "Damn, those guys are flying." So the simple fact that when you touch the rock and you see the hole. And you get ready to run to the hole. It's gonna close up so fast. You're not. You're not gonna be fast enough to make it. Well, I think I'm faster than you're giving me credit for. <laughs> no, but you've you're not never that seen fast. me run for what it's worth, <laughs> right? I certainly strength is not my uh, my uh, my. And then main when quality. you get touched, when somebody touches you, oh yeah. my god! Well, look, at the end it's of the day, if Jalen's holding an extra defender with the RPO, right? So I'm already I'm already have a man advantage when I'm going it. And also, Sirianni has shown he can scheme up. You're assuming I'm running it. What if I mean, is anyone covering me out of the backfield? No one's covering me out of the backfield. That so, might be your best wait chance, a minute, yeah. Elliot. If if Okay, so you're saying now you're going like on a swing pass. Yeah, I'll just swing route. out. Yeah, yeah. A wheel, maybe a, a wheel, wheel route. route. Yeah. You're not yeah. fast enough to get open, though, Elliot. Well, no one's covering me. I'm, I'm, I'm open the second the ball is snapped, right? <laughs> okay. Now, I will say, okay. I think catching the ball with the pads on and the helmet would that be would be difficult. an issue. Yeah, I've never I tried wish, that. I wish I knew somebody where I can make this happen. Just to give you that little, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, you do almost, know people at the Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean, do, yeah. but I don't know if, if anybody's like the liable. liability. I was going to say, I'd have to sign a lot of stuff. waivers. Yeah, oh, I, I signed a waiver to go to a dunk tank last night. They could have Elliot sign a waiver <laughs> yeah, to go play in the field. That's harder than scoring a touchdown. It's cold out there. All right, Elliot. Uh, so tonight, round two and three, and then go birds tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. From one to three, uh, recapping the whole draft. All right. We'll be listening. Thank you, Elliot, for hopping in. And, of course, uh, for, for all the hits this week as the Eagles go through the draft. Elliot, we'll talk to you next week. There he Sounds goes. Sounds good. Talk to you guys now. The good reporter who said he can luck into hitting a home run. There it is. Elliot Shore Parks here. 215.